Season 2 of Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and expertise to help your business from desktop to data center. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. To learn more about Valcom's end-to-end -end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and to sign up for upcoming events, visit their website at vlcmtech.com. That's vlcmtech.com. Cyber 24 is supported by the Utah Department of Public Safety, as well as the Utah Department of Technology Services and the Utah Attorney General's Office. In addition, the University of Utah's Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute is where we record this podcast each week. At the Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute, they're dedicated to helping Utah make informed decisions. We're also proud to have the support of Secuvant, a Utah-based company providing business-enabled cyber risk and management. Every week on this program, these great partners will provide expertise and insight to help business and civic leaders better understand the challenge of cybersecurity and how to keep your organization safe. We appreciate your support. And welcome everyone to the Cyber 24 podcast presented by our friends at Valcom. My name is Marty Carpenter. I'm your host. So glad to have you along for another week as we take a look at cybersecurity, the risks involved, what business leaders, what policymakers, what families, what individuals who use tech, which is pretty much all of us at this point, what we need to know in order to stay safe and to understand how to operate in the world with a cybersecurity mindset. Hey, if you haven't listened to our podcast from last week, uh, go back and take a listen. I would encourage you because uh, uh, we we did this episode. Um, if you go click on it, you can see a, a, a screenshot of a, a website uh, that's called Have I Been Pawned? Think of the word owned but swap the O for a P. Um, it, it's basically a website you can go to, type in your email address, any one of your email addresses, your work email, your personal, whatever, whatever alias you might have, however you're operating, put that in and see how many times that email address has popped up somewhere in a breach, that that information has been jeopardized. Uh, and it will also kind of indicate to you how many times someone has tried to, to use that information. Um, just to give you an idea, uh, you know, I went back and I think I had one one hit from my um, from my personal Gmail that had been impacted by it. Um, but it happened long enough ago that I had already changed my password and was thus more protected. Uh, so I didn't really require any action on my part. But others who I've talked to who've tried this have gone in, put in their email address, and boom, they pop up on a couple of different lists, you know, two, five, seven, ten lists, and think, okay, I clearly need to go change the uh, the password to this email account. Um, a lot of your workplaces will make you do that every so often anyway, but uh, still a good thing to keep in mind. Go go check. Just go take a look. It takes just a few seconds. You can find it on our website. There's a link to it. Our website, cyber24.us, cyber24.us. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Also in that episode, great stuff. We talked to Sergeant Jeff Plank from uh, the Utah Department of Public Safety and the Cybersecurity Unit. He uh, walked us through uh, an issue that they've been dealing with uh, in their agency 
um, with uh, a, a, an email scam, sort of a, a new iteration of an email scam where uh, scammers are taking that uh, information that's been compromised. They have your email address. They may have your email address and password. And they're emailing you essentially and saying, hey, calling you by name, I have your email address, which is this, and I have your password, which is this. And because of that, I have access to where you've been on the web, or I have access to compromising photos or videos that you may have on your computer. Um, Some of you will just not have those at all and know that it's a scam. But a lot of people who get this say, wow, this is really disturbing because they have, that's right, that's that's my email, which is one thing, but that's my password, and that's a whole nother. So Sergeant Plank walked us through what they're doing in that, how they've combated it, and really what you can do to keep yourself safe. So go back and take uh, a listen. That would be episode uh, 27 overall. It's our second for this season and uh, certainly worth uh, worth a listen. A couple things coming up in the next couple of weeks that we have planned for you. We've also uh, got lined up to talk about a, a, a phenomenon or a new attack called jackpotting. And it has to do with this, uh, this cross point between cyber security and actual ATMs that have physical cash in them and how uh, how the bad guys are, are attacking those for these uh, jackpotting uh, episodes. Anyway, it, well, more on that in coming weeks. You're going to love that. Uh, also, as kids are going back to school, we plan to do something coming up with uh, uh, some tips on how to keep your uh, your students safe. So many, more and more, I know my kids, younger and younger, getting devices and they're on the internet in some way or another and how to keep them safe, things they need to know. Just a few things you can review with them as they uh, are back in school, uh, You know, maybe as they kind of get settled in and into their routine, it'd be something good to kind of review with them. That coming up here uh, in the coming weeks. All right, on to our top story today. Uh, and this is one from just earlier this month. We're playing a little catch up with some of the really cool stories that I found uh, in, in the weeks leading up to launching season two of the podcast. Uh, top story today comes uh, from an article on uh, CNET. And we will post this on our website again on cyber24.us. Uh, this uh, story from earlier this month. And it says, Apple is building an online portal for police to make data requests. Um, so Apple obviously has been in the news a lot lately. They are every September. It's when they roll out the new iPhones and the new devices this time around. It was two new iPhones and an upgraded iWatch and so on. And with that came an upgrade to the operating system that so many of us use on an iPhone. If you're an iPhone person or an iPad, uh, or if you've got the watch or if you're like me and you kind of <laughs> have just gone all in and you've got all three, that, that operating system updates and so much of it with security in mind, it's, it's a good time that to, to, to go back and review those security settings. But Apple in the news because of all that. But I, I thought this was interesting. This is sort of off the beaten path. And before they were rolling out new devices, Apple comes out and says, hey, we're building an online portal for police to make data requests. And from the story, and I'll just I'll just read from the story. You can, we'll, As I said, we'll link it so you can go take a look at it. Um, Apple is creating a dedicated team to help train law enforcement officials around the world in digital forensics. Um, its company is also working on an online portal uh, set to be opera- operational by the end of this year, um, where law enforcement officials can submit and track requests for data and and get responses from Apple. So a greater level of cooperation, or at least facilitating an easier interaction between law enforcement and a big tech company. Now, there are other tech companies that, that do things like this, and the article mentions this toward the end. Um, Google and Microsoft and Apple regularly publish transparency reports detailing how often they get requests for data from governments 
uh, just like they do with private parties. So uh, in, uh, the, the article actually cites a number that from the first half of 2017, first six months of 2017, Apple received somewhere around just north of 13,000 national security requests from U.S. law enforcement. We've seen this on our show. We've brought in uh, law make well. We've we've brought in folks who are our law enforcement on the public safety side, like Sergeant Plank last week, and others who talk about this important relationship between these private companies that sit on a treasure trove of data. And yes, there are commercial reasons that they do that, but there are reasons, practical reasons, that that information can be helpful to law enforcement. Obviously, they've got a lot to balance there. That's why these requests come in, and there are, there are all types of legal issues that go with this. But you can see that the companies are setting up a situation where they're trying to hit, strike the right balance between protecting your privacy and, at the same time, working hand-in-hand -hand with government uh, to help track down people who are breaking the law. All right, so this is from Apple's release, and it says, This effort will assist Apple in training a larger number of law enforcement agencies and officers globally not just in the U.S., but globally. Uh, and it goes on to say, and ensure that our company's information and guidance can be updated to reflect a rapidly changing data landscape. Look, this I think that's a really important point. Things change so quickly. Your device is going to get another update from uh, iOS 12 to 12.1 <laughs> within a couple of weeks here. And uh, sometimes these th the, the private sector moves at such a rapid pace and people adopt the technology into their lives at such a rapid pace that it's difficult for government to keep up, um, to make policy changes that match that. So this is just an ongoing effort between Apple and law enforcement, just like it is with Microsoft and Google uh, and law enforcement, to make sure that they are appropriately providing access to data that can help in law enforcement efforts, while at the same time trying to strike that right balance and protect users' Uh, information and data. And each company struggles with this. And it's sort of something we're all learning on the fly. Uh, but it's good to keep track and say, you know, when are, to monitor the companies you're working with that you're giving your data to by using their phone, by purchasing their devices, by being on their networks, uh, by uploading data to their systems, um, and make sure that they're they're protecting your data. But I think it's also nice to see on the other side of that, that as law-abiding citizens, <laughs> as as good people in the community that you say, you know, it's okay that some of this, uh, if, if there's evidence there, if there's something that can be helpful to law enforcement, that it's being provided and, and, uh, and set up that way. We'll link to this article on our website. Take a look at it. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you like the idea of companies like Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, not listed in this article, but another big one, where they collect a lot of data, Having uh, having them take a you know a, a cooperative stance with law enforcement. You okay with that? Does it cause you any concerns? Let us know. Uh, again, you can comment on our website. You can also uh, let us know on Twitter. We are uh, at Cyber24 underscore or check us out on Facebook and leave us a comment there as well. More to come on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. Servers are a key component to keeping your business up and running, but when was the last time you stopped to think about the security features on your servers? Hewlett Packard Enterprise has you covered. Introducing the world's most secure standard servers, Gen 10 servers from HPE. Maximize performance, achieve more in the same time, and lock down security features down to the silicone. Gen 10's security features work at the firmware level, utilizing custom HPE silicon. Each Gen 10 server has a unique, 
individual fingerprint, meaning that the server will not boot unless the firmware matches the print, locking the server end to end. Valcom is ready to help you refresh old, outdated server hardware. As a long-standing HPE Platinum partner, they have the skills and expertise to help you maximize data center efficiency without stretching the budget. Learn more about HPE Gen 10's security protection at vlcmtech.com slash gen10. That's vlcmtech.com slash gen10. $300 million. That's how much money the cyber breach at FedEx cost the company, all because they were not insured for cyber breach losses. So if you're a business owner of any size, you have to ask yourself, could my business survive a hit like that? I'm guessing the answer is no. The fact is, over half a million small to medium-sized businesses will close their doors as a result of a cyber event. So what should you do to protect your business? Talk to the cyber liability professionals at Hayes Companies. At Hayes Companies, policy placement is only one step in an overall risk management approach to manage your firm's cyber liability exposure. They design a program specifically for you, customized to your business priorities. For more information, contact Dave Whitwer, 801-580-5501. That's 801-580-5501. Or visit HayesCompanies.com. That's H-A-Y-S Companies.com. Secuvant is a leading network security company specializing in creative, customized solutions that meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. They offer a wide range of services, everything from managed security and virtual CISO consulting to cyber risk advisory and data breach recovery assistance. No matter what your specific security requirements are or what your comfort level is with IT in general, Secuvant will map your cybersecurity program to the business areas that are relevant to you. Everything from brand and reputation to legal liability to intellectual property to business disruption and so much more. For more information, call 1-855-SECUVANT or visit secuvant.com. That's S-E-C-U-V-A-N-T.com. All right, welcome back to the Cyber 24 podcast. Marty Carpenter, as we continue our discussion. In fact, I want to build on something that we talked about in that first segment, talking about uh, essentially how private industry is working with government proactively in the case of Apple, like we discussed in the in the first segment, uh, to provide data and information, or at least to accept requests uh, for data information and training uh, law enforcement officials on how to use that data. Uh, that that comes as a nice uh, tee up. It sort of sets sets up nicely our, our next topic, and this is one that I'm actually really excited to talk about because it just came out uh, today. This is not one from earlier this month. Uh, headline from CNBC. And again, we'll put this uh, this uh, article link on our website at cyber24.us. Uh, the headline from CNBC, Trump's cybersecurity policy lets the U.S. get more aggressive in hacking battles with Russia, China, and others. Uh, interesting, because this is a topic now we've hit on in almost every show this season. Going back to our first episode this season, should you be allowed as a private company to hack back? And we talked about this even last season on the show. Uh, three main points from the story. One, uh, the, the White House has released a cybersecurity strategy uh, that outlines a plan uh, to give government agencies more ability 
uh, more powers, more broader powers to uh, proactively fight cybercrime. Um, secondly, uh, the, the article uh, outlines that the document uh, released by the White House calls several times for better participation, increased participation with private industry, companies uh, that, uh, that deal with data that, that can help in this fight. Um, however, I think, there, and the article points this out, and we'll touch on this in a minute, that's not always easy because businesses don't always reside. In fact, large businesses rarely reside within single jurisdictions, within a single country. You know, take a company like we talked about earlier. Yeah, Apple, Google, Microsoft, all headquartered in the United States. Is that the only place they are? Absolutely not. Certainly not the only place they operate and where they have to navigate uh, the various uh, various laws and policies. Um, you've seen this where Google's had more uh, trouble in Europe than they have in the United States based on uh, privacy concerns and such. All right, so let's jump in. A couple points I want to make about this article. Um, and, and some of this, just it's it's fresh news, and I want to make sure that, uh, that we get it accurate. So reading from the article, uh, the White House released this new cybersecurity strategy, um, and, uh, and it's got those changes that we've outlined. It's a 40-page document that uh, CNBC points out primarily stays the course on past initiatives, but with some changes, um, some of those emphasizing a shift toward a more offensive cybersecurity posture. And we talked about this in previous weeks. Is the best defense a good offense? A lot of people in the U.S. would say yes, and some people would say eh, maybe, but there are some concerns about that. Um, but the National Security Agency has been um, uh, working with the with the armed forces. They they want us to be a little more generally a little more offensive and not just sit here and, and wait to get hit. Um, the Trump administration, according to the article, also is uh, and, and, and in fairness, it also says the Obama administrations have encouraged. Um, efforts to what they call, quote, name and shame more cyber criminals um, and countries that uh, back cyber criminals. Um, while also in, in the report, they also acknowledge that, uh, you know, there, uh, <laughs> there have been limits on the um, effectiveness of the efforts of, of the, the federal government against cyber criminals. So the article essentially in, in that effort to name and shame names Russia, names Iran, names North Korea as countries that have conducted what they call reckless cyber attacks against our country. As you've always heard, the, the first step in, uh, in fixing a problem is to recognize that you have a problem. Here we are saying, we're not afraid to name these countries who have attempted to hack us. Uh, it brings up this point, though, that we've had uh, going back a ways, this idea of hacking back. Um, and the article outlines it this way. The strategy of hacking back um, that's outlined in this in this report codifies the ability of agencies aligned with the Department of Defense, those are agencies like the NSA, military branches, and so on, to conduct offensive actions in cyberspace. Now, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is should private companies be able to do this? Um, well, this report essentially says that agencies will be able to go after overseas sources of attacks uh, proactively, um, that we don't have to sit around and wait to get hit, that we can go after uh, these bad actors and, and do so proactively. Um, now, it also goes on to point out, as we have on the show, that these activities can be risky. 
um, that there is not, it's not just a matter of uh, this this is a new type of warfare uh, that we are still sort of learning it's it's like warfare plus the wild wild west altogether um, because you can you can have third parties who are involved um, they may be non-hostiles who are involved and do they get hurt when you hack back um, this but this this policy outlined by the Trump administration is saying we want to generally be more on the offensive. Now, that includes, um, you know, what we've outlined so far specifically to government, but this this policy does put, as the article says, puts companies on notice. Um, it, it says in the article, the strategy mentions in nearly every section that federal cybersecurity efforts hinge on support from private industry. There has to be a partnership here if this is going to be done effectively. Uh, the, the article continues, the plan lays out seven industries that will have priority in terms of information sharing with government partners. They are national security, energy and power, banking and finance, health and safety, communications, uh, information technology, and transportation. So we're getting serious, a little more serious about this. It also lends support for law enforcement agencies to decrypt the communication of suspected criminals. Quote, law enforcement will work with private industry to confront challenges presented by technological barriers, such as anonymization and encryption technologies to obtain time-sensitive evidence pursuant to appropriate legal process. Close quote. All right. I guess what what I'm hearing here is that government is increasingly recognizing and publicly acknowledging that there are cyber efforts, there are cyber criminals and bad actors and bad government actors who are out to get us and we need to get our house in order. We need to up our game. And that's going to mean a higher level uh, of cooperation between private industry and government uh, government officials, and to some extent law enforcement. Law enforcement we think of as within the United States, um, but to some extent the Internet erases borders. And so we have to have a better uh, amount of cooperation in order to deal with these things. So an interesting report coming off the White House. Uh, there will be a link in the story to the full 40-page document. Uh, we'll just put a link to the story on our website. So the basic summary here, White House... Uh, new cybersecurity strategy just out today uh, says that uh, uh, they've got it's outlining a high-level plan that gives government agencies more power to proactively fight cybercrime, um, increases um, participation by private companies, um, and outlines some of the complications with that. Um, so, what do you think? Well, give us your response. I'd love to hear what you think. Do you like the uh, administration's policy on this? And I don't want to get, this is not a political podcast, so I don't want to go down the road of, you know, whether you're a pro-Trump or an anti-Trump or however you feel on that. Just speak to the policy. Is this the right way to go? Are these encouraging steps? If President X, if Administration Y were to take these steps, that have been outlined to say, let's have companies more involved with government and government more involved with companies when it comes to fighting back against cyber-related crimes, cyber attacks. Is that a good thing? And should government agencies be given a little more leeway, a little more of a leash to go out and, and, and be proactive, go on the offensive against bad actors, whether they're states like uh, you know, their, their nation states, like as named in the article, Russia, Iran, North Korea, or any others. And how do we balance that with the 
quote-unquote collateral damage that could come with that. Third-party actors or people who uh, may be uh, unwitting <laughs> participants in this um, that, that could be hurt in those attacks back. Uh, what do you think? It's complex, and it's certainly dynamic. It's a situation that continues to change almost on a daily basis um, with the way these policies are evolving. Um, so let us know. Again, don't think of it as a Trump policy. Uh, let us know what you think. Is this a good policy? Should we go more on the offensive? Are you in favor of that? What concerns do you have? Let us know on Twitter at Cyber24 uh, underscore or on Facebook. Just search Cyber24 uh, or you can let us know on our website as well. Um, that wraps it up for this edition of Cyber24 presented by Valcom. I'm your host, Marty Carpenter. All right, as we wrap up today's show, we want to thank our presenting partners at Valcom. You can find them online at vlcmtech.com. We also want to thank our supporting partners, the University of Utah's Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute. That's where we recorded this show and where we do it each week. Our friends at Secuvant, not to mention our great partners at the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and the Utah Attorney General's Office. A reminder, you can find us online at cyber24.us or on Twitter at cyber24 underscore or on Facebook, just search cyber24. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Marty Carpenter.